Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU and Utah headed for a hoops hiatus? Say it ain't so, what head coach Dave Rose said last night to spark more rivalry letdown banter. It's game day for BYU basketball. We'll go live with ESPN College Basketball Insider Jeff Goodman. What BYU needs to do to get a good NCAA tournament seed. Plus, all access with the head coach of tonight's foe, Prairie View A&M. An in-state comeback for the ages by BYU women's hoops. And surprising odds for the Fight Hunger Bowl. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? Wednesday, December 11th, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with my favorite Copper Hills High School alum, Jerem Jordan. Happy birthday. Thank you. 32 years old. Jimmer! Wouldn't be BYU Sports Nation without uh, some sort of reference, right? Of course. Who better than Jimmer? Wherever and however you may be listening across this great nation or world, thanks for making us part of your day. Your show starter, game day, as Jaron mentioned, for BYU men's hoops. But did you hear about what the women's basketball team did last night? They were down 24 on the road against Weber State. They are undefeated, keep in mind. 8-0 going into that game against the Weber State Wildcats. They come back to win and remain 9-0. and They go on a 14-0 run to end the game. What a performance on the road. Backs against the wall, undefeated record on the line, and they keep it rolling. Well done, Jeff Judkins and team. The women's basketball team is like TNT. They know drama. And they yes. came back and won. Nice job. Lexi Eaton, Jen Hampson. Jen Hampson almost had a triple-double with blocks. She had nine blocks. <laughs> I think it was 23, 11, and 9. Nice. That's what happens when you're 6-7. But well done, ladies. 9-0. and They will take on Utah on BYU TV this Saturday afternoon, a game you can watch live right here from BYU Broadcasting and BYU TV. And listen on BYU Radio. Remember to uh, join the conversation throughout the show by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation. You can also comment on and like our Facebook page. We're also on Instagram. And uh, Wayne... Weigh in on today's poll question, which is this. Are you okay with the possibility of not playing Utah in basketball? No. In the future. So here, here's what happened to set this up. Last night on the Coaches Show, Dave Rose said that uh, talks have stalled with scheduling Utah in the future beyond next year. Utah men's hoops comes to Provo, plays BYU next year. Beyond that, nothing scheduled and might not be scheduled. What? I know. We'll go into the specifics of what Dave Rose said during the Coaches Show. We'll get to that quote. And, uh, of course, a friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation each and every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYURadio.org, Sirius XM Channel 143, the BYU Radio iOS app, and on Dish Network Channel 980, our show on demand every day on the website, BYURadio.org, or you can catch the rebroadcast each day, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's all on BYU Radio. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. First football, now basketball, a hoops hiatus for BYU and Utah. Not possible, right? Well, more possible than you think. In fact, very probable. Last night on the Coaches Show, BYU head coach Dave Rose said this on the future of playing Utah in rivalry basketball. Quote, Coach Boylan, speaking of Utah's former coach Jim Boylan, Coach Boylan and I put this together. We were both really excited to continue the series, even though the conferences were going in different directions. In the last two years, as we've kind of played through this contract, we've had discussions about extending the contract, but right now 
were kind of stalled. This might be the last two games we get. End quote. Utah will visit Provo next year, but then who knows when the Cougars and Utes will match up on the hard court again. What is going on? I don't like this. I don't. Uh, basketball, There's you play 35 games in a year. You should be able to get one in there. Um, so if Utah doesn't want to play it, which, by the way, they're not playing Utah State or Weber State either. Um, I, I don't know what's going on up there. I, I understand why Utah would not want to play it, but I think that it could help your RPI. If you're Utah, you're playing a, a let's get some wins, non-conference schedule, and then let's hopefully be above 500 in the Pac-12 and be a 12 seed in the tournament. That's kind of the, the model that's happening up at Utah now. But to not play BYU is ridiculous, I think. I want this game to be played. And so next year, Utah comes to Provo, and then for now, that's it. For who knows how long. This is crazy. Why? Why end the rivalry? Why? It's not just US or BYU, but Utah State and Weber State. We were talking about this. The, U- the Utes don't want to play anybody in state. Yeah. They'll play Southern Utah. Are they playing UVU? <laughs> We were talking They're about playing this. Idaho State. Yeah, now don't sleep on Idaho State. <laughs> That's exactly right. Trevor Maddich, <laughs> a while ago, talking about BYU football against Idaho State. Last night, Utah is down 15 in the first half to Idaho State, and then Idaho State uh, runs out of gas. Utah pulls off the upset and beats Idaho State. And again, Trevor Maddich warned us. Now don't sleep on Idaho State. Right. <laughs> By the way, I tweeted this last night. Got some fun conversation. Kevin Calabro, play-by-play, formerly of the Sonics. I think he's really good, but he had this one comment that just bugged me. Yeah, he had a gaffe. He brought up altitude with Idaho State in Utah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Altitude uh, coming from Idaho Falls, uh, Pocatello must just be horrible. That 150-foot drop or whatever. Sheesh. Please excuse my voice. I sound like a 15-year-old sometimes. I've got a bit of a cold going right now. But it's game day. Got to bring it. Michael Jordan, right? Sure. Michael Jordan versus let's, Utah let's Jazz not, in uh, let's not, yeah, let's 1998 or whatever it was with the flu. Goes off for 45. Now I'm just going to a bad place mentally. But we were talking about this. Okay, so not playing Utah, you know, we don't like it. It's fun to play Utah in basketball, especially since BYU's dominated the last few years. Even if, we, even if BYU didn't, it's still you need to play that game. You know what needs to happen? A neutral site Utah State Championship. With the six colleges. Which would be awesome, but will never happen. That will never happen. BYU-Utah, Utah State, Utah Valley, Southern Utah, and Weber State. You play a three-game, or four, probably three or four, that's three or four games. Up at Energy Solutions, you go like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. You play for a state championship. That would be awesome. Then everyone's on a neutral court. It'd be even. It'd be fun. Everyone showcased. There'd be, uh, there'd be a good amount of fans there. You'd make money. That'd be awesome. Just like... Utah shouldn't sleep on Idaho State. Here's what we do know. BYU has Prairie View A&M tonight. Yeah, I mean, you can't sleep and beat a team, but Prairie View A&M. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you can't sleep and beat a team. Anyway, it's game day for the Cougars. That's what we do know. We, well, while the, we don't know when or if they're going to play Utah again after the 2014 season, the Cougars do have Prairie View A&M tonight, chance to get back on track. It's their last home game until January. You can watch it live on BYU TV. And uh, Prairie View A&M has not played a home game and will not play a home game between November 29th and January 4th. I feel horrible for this team. They play BYU, then they have to go to UCLA, then they have to go to, to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. 
That is a dollar, dollar crazy, bills, y'all. That is a crazy schedule. They must need money. I mean, that program must must really need some financial help. And then BYU plays Utah Saturday, and then Oregon the next week. We'll talk to ESPN College Basketball Insider Jeff Goodman uh, on the show about the perception of BYU nationally. He has Eric Mika in his top ten among freshmen. And then, of course, what BYU needs to do to not only challenge Gonzaga for the WCC title, but get into the tourney and get a good seat. By the way, I've watched Gonzaga. BYU can compete with that team. Yes, they're not as good as last year. Obviously, they were a one seed. They are ranked higher. They are ranked higher than UMass, and they are not a better team than UMass. I'm sorry. They just are not a better team than UMass. They're really good, and BYU's going to have to play a great game to beat Gonzaga, but I feel better about BYU's chances than last year. Last year at Gonzaga... That was just tough to watch. Tyler Haas was completely shut shut down, and BYU struggled in that game and shot the ball poorly. I think BYU, this is more like two years ago where Gonzaga's, Gonzaga's pretty good, probably going to be ranked, but BYU got him in the Marriott Center. Really looking forward to Jeff Goodman's perspective, the ESPN College Basketball Insider, on where BYU falls in that West Coast Conference rundown. If he feels like the Cougars can win the WCC for the first time, and as you mentioned, where BYU fits in the tournament discussion, what kind of a seed they'll get. If indeed he thinks BYU is for sure a lock tournament team, we'll ask him that. Plus, we're talking with the head coach of Prairie View A&M, Byron Rim. Perhaps we can get some insight into why schedule BYU Wisconsin and UCLA all within a two-week period. That is crazy. I'll answer it for you. Money! (laughs) Let's keep it rolling. Topic two. BYU-Washington in the fight Hunger Bowl. Awkward! To be very frank with you guys, it's a really awkward situation right now. Okay. UW play-by-play man Bob Rondo joined us live yesterday on BYU Sports Nation and (laughs) didn't... He didn't skip around the fact that it's just downright weird with the UW coaching situation taking place right now. Chris Peterson coming in, Coach Steve Sarkeesian going to USC and pulling some of his staff down there to Southern California with him. It It is patchwork at best, I believe, is what he said as well about that. All of this started a day earlier on Monday when we spoke live with Elise Woodward, the sideline reporter for the Huskies on KJR 950 in Seattle. BYU's not even on the radar with all the coaching changes going down. I don't even know if people have started even going down the preview sheet of, hey, BYU's 8-4, and four, and this is the, the matchup, and that's probably down the line, to be honest. Right now, it's like the bare essentials of who's even going to be out there trying to prepare this team. Here's my next question. Does this now become a huge advantage for BYU football, who, by the way, are a three-point underdog, according to Vegas odds makers? Betting is wrong. I'm sure that BYU is looking at that and kind of licking their chops that uh, this will be somewhat of a wounded Washington football team that goes into that game on the 27th. Bob Rondeau again saying BYU should, quite frankly, be excited to take advantage of this. He also compared this Washington team to a Florida team he watched a couple of decades ago that featured Emmett Smith, calling them extremely talented, but a rudderless ship. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the odds the more this coaching carousel becomes a storyline leading up to the Huskies and Cougars on December 27th in San Francisco at AT AT&T Park. Will BYU still be an underdog when kickoff comes around? Now here's the other side. Blaine Fowler yesterday, BYU TV analyst, said Chris Peterson could have an effect 
in a positive way for Washington because he got a first-hand look at what BYU does, and now he can help them game plan from a distance. While Chris Peterson said he would not be directly involved coaching on the sideline, that doesn't mean he doesn't deliver everything he has, the no-compete clause, all that stuff. He can give his new team, his new staff, everything he has on BYU. So does that become a factor in this game? I don't think that has a huge factor in the game. I think what we are discussing in terms of rudderless ship and awkward in that coaching situation, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Bishop Sankey is hoping to further his stock and will probably leave and go to the NFL draft, you'd think, after this year. Keith Price is a senior, his last game. So they have sufficient motivation to try and win the game, but it's crazy to hear that kind of uh, honest conversation from the radio play-by-play. Uh, about UW. Yeah, he, he said we're, we're, everyone wants to look at it through rose-colored glasses, but it, it is what it is. This is a very awkward situation. BYU perhaps can take advantage of a team that is just treading water right now until they get traction with their new coach and the new staff and the new direction and the new schemes and all that stuff. It's, th- this is a good game for BYU. I watched parts of the UCLA and Stanford games against Washington last night just to get a feel for what they do and how they do it. Those, te- those opponents were really good, so it's tough to know. What, you know it, it'd be nice to watch Washington play a team similar to BYU, but they're still a really good team. They have the, one of the top prospects at tight end, a guy, that, uh, a guy that's like 6, he's like 6'8", 275 or something. Something Safarian Jenkins, yeah, uh, he's really, really good. Who's gonna defend that? Who's, they've t- they turn the ball over in critical situations, give up kickoff return. Does Adam Hine play a factor in this game like Ty Montgomery did for Stanford? So it's intriguing. I, I wonder how motivated BYU is too, that- because they've BYU's faded a little bit at the end of the year here. That was what I was going to bring up next. A lot of people have questioned, well, is, is BYU motivated? Are they disappointed only winning eight games this year, losing to Virginia, losing to Utah, not being you've able lost to— two of the, You've gone 2-2 two and two in November. Not being able to close the deal against a big-time opponent in Wisconsin or even Notre Dame. Where is BYU mentally right now going into this game? And we talked to Brian Logan yesterday, and he said, Bronco is one of the best motivators I know. At some point, the four-game bowl win streak— is going to cross the minds of BYU and their players. They have a chance to make it five in a row, which is a program best already at four. Yeah, three tied the best. Four is the best. They can win five bowl games in a row. BYU was notoriously awful in bowl game situations during the Lavelle Edwards era. That was that was their one downfall. Part they, of that had to do with facilities where they're practicing outside in the snow. You don't get the indoor practice facility until 2003, right? So Ty Detmer is training in the Smith Fieldhouse. In the annex. <laughs> he wins the Heisman. He's training. You and I are, could have been playing basketball in the background. Oh, what? Hey, Ty. Hey, what's up, Ty? Yeah. So things have, have certainly changed, but to Broncos credit and to the BYU program, well done. Four bowl game wins in a row. Have a chance to make it five against Washington. The game, again, on December 27th, AT&T Park in San Francisco. Really intriguing matchup. Where are both of these teams mentally? I want to. I am excited to watch this game because I want to see how each of the teams come out and play. I am concerned about that very thing because against Nevada, BYU gets shut out in the first half. Guess what? Washington's not Nevada. They're much better. They're the eighth best total offense in the country. Both of these teams very similar statistically have similar defenses. Uh, both have 
two of the top 15 offenses in the country, okay? So the, there's a matchup right there. and then But penalties have killed both of these teams. So on paper, it's like such an even matchup. Yeah, and Washington playing a tougher schedule than BYU. Uh, and BYU cannot do what they get, did against Nevada. Did BYU peak against Boise State in the first half? That's the best they played all year uh, was that first half. They were amazing. You could argue that Texas, the first half, was good as well. BYU needs to have a similar output, and if BYU crushes, crushes Washington, that means something. Do you remember last year when Kyle Van Noy just wreaked havoc on San Diego State? Guess what? You own the night. You nostrous nocturnus, as we've talked about, the Latin for <laughs> own the night. Because that's the one game going on, and everyone that wants to watch college football is watching it. So if you win, and you win convincingly, that matters. With a junior quarterback coming back, with a nine-win team, that matters. You could be getting votes to where when you beat Connecticut, and if you beat Texas, you're probably ranked. So like this game against Washington means a lot for next season. I feel like it means more for BYU, straight up. Washington just puts, pushes the reset button. Yep. This, this game will do more good for BYU if they win than it will for Washington. Because of all of the points you just made, you get traction, you gain momentum going into next season, you bring back a dynamic quarterback, uh, what's going to be a record-setting running back, most likely Jamal Williams. You have a wide receiver core that's going to be there. Taysom's going to be a better passer. And the defense is going to get better, especially in the secondary. BYU, the way they're shaping up against that schedule next year, I feel like they could do some really exciting things, and it starts with the bowl game. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we go in-depth with Jeff Goodman, ESPN College Basketball Insider. We're going to ask him what he thinks about Eric Mika and where BYU stands in the Hoops national landscape. Plus, what do you think of BYU and Utah possibly not playing future basketball games? We go to social media. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Now it's Collinsworth to Mika. Eric Mika throwing down one of his many dunks this season. Dave McCann on the call for BYU TV Sports. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You are listening to BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio 2 on the radio side of the beautiful BYU Broadcast Building in Provo, Utah. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Tonight we've got you covered for Prairie View A&M and BYU. Pre-game coverage starts at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Then the game's live on BYU Radio and BYU TV at 9 Eastern. We're talking hoops. And what do you think about BYU and Utah possibly not playing future basketball games? We'll get to social media in just a bit. But first, we welcome in ESPN College basketball insider Jeff Goodman. And Jeff... First of all, welcome to your Sports Nation debut here on BYU Radio. I'm going to ask you about BYU and Utah and the rivalry series. What do you think about those two teams not matching up potentially after 2014? No, they, they need to keep playing. I mean, these, this is the problem in this day and age with realignment and now programs not wanting to continue the rivalries. Um, we're already seeing some of the effects of this. You know, ACC has... Uh, you know, completely changed, and the Big East is different. And uh, Utah and BYU got to play each other forever, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's one. Utah's getting better. Uh, Larry Kruskoak's doing a good job. Obviously, BYU, Dave Rose just got it at a, at a good level. 
and being able to sustain it. Uh, those two programs, to me, need to play each other every single year. Jeff, BYU's challenged itself more on this uh, in this non-conference schedule than, of, than in recent history with games like Iowa State and Wichita State, UMass, Oregon, uh, and of course they'll get Gonzaga and St. Mary's in conference. What do you think of BYU's non-conference schedule? I mean, I love it. Personally, I love it when, when, when coaches play challenging schedules like that and you know, a coach that doesn't is maybe a Pittsburgh's Jamie Dixon. But when you have job security, like a Dave Rose, like a Tom Izzo, obviously, who plays it every year, Bill Self playing probably the toughest non-conference slate in the country, why not? I mean, isn't, isn't what these kids go to college for to play in really good venues against quality teams in the non-conference? So I give Dave a lot of credit. I think it's going to make their team and their program a lot better uh, come WCC play to have played UMass in Springfield, to have played Wichita in Kansas City. Uh, you know, obviously uh, the game against Iowa State was a tough loss, but Iowa State's better than we thought going into the year. Jeff Goodman, ESPN College basketball insider and very talented sports writer joining BYU Sports Nation. Jeff, Eric Mika ranked eighth on the top freshman rankings that you put out. What do you like so much about Eric's game? He plays hard. He's big and he plays hard. And, and those two things alone are hard to find, difficult to find in this day and age. But, you know, I think he's got, you know, he's got to continue to develop his post moves, got to continue to get a little bit stronger. But, again, I just love his motor. Uh, he has shown the ability to score in the post. He runs the court hard. He rebounds pretty well although that area's still got to get better as well. But as a freshman big guy, to do what he's done right away on a team that's got some talent, by the way, uh, obviously with Tyler Haas and Carlino and now Collinsworth back, he's filled his role better than I think even Dave Rose would have expected at this point. Jeff, the real question is, among freshmen nationally that wear glasses or goggles, where does he rank? (laughs) He's number one. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Eric Mika, number one. Among freshmen who wear goggles, there is no fear there, How's that? I've been waiting all morning to clear that up. <laughs> Jeff Goodman, ESPN College Basketball Insider, joining BYU Sports Nation. Okay, now this is crazy, but I was imagining Jabari Parker and Eric Mika on the same team. I know that's a pipe dream for BYU fans. Jabari had BYU in his top five, but what, what would those two do together, Jeff? Oh, just think of, of what BYU would be like. Jabari Parker on this team. <laughs> now, the only the only one who would be upset is Matty Carlino wouldn't get as many shots. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he'd have to give the ball up a little bit more, so he may not be happy with that. But, I mean, just imagine the scoring weapons between the three of, of Jabari Parker, Carlino, and Tyler Haas. And then you'd have Mika and, and Collinsworth as what they are anyway. They're really good players, really good glue guys who do a little bit of everything. But Jabari Parker, to me, I still say it, it, it's a two-horse race for the number one overall pick between Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker right now. And, and I think Jabari Parker has a chance, and it depends on, obviously, I think Duke's success long-term this year, whether Jabari Parker has a chance to win National Player of the Year honors. But he certainly does. I mean, listen, talk about a skilled and gifted offensive player who the game just comes to him naturally uh, that's Jabari Parker. Jeff Goodman, ESPN College Basketball Insider, joins BYU Sports Nation. Jeff, BYU fans would like to think the BYU right now is a tournament team that could possibly pull off a couple upsets and make some noise. 
What are your thoughts on BYU's uh, tournament uh, chances and resume at this point in the season? A lot, a lot of basketball to be played still, but what do you think right now? Yeah, they're, they're a tournament team, guys. I'd be shocked if they weren't. I, I said it preseason. I really think they, they can battle Gonzaga. I think they're going to give them a challenge. I'm not sure if they win the league, but I think they're going to be right there. The key for them, as you guys know better than anybody, is, is defensively. Uh, who they run up against in the tournament. It's all going to be about matchups for them. And do they run up against a, a great, you know, athletic? I mean, look at like a Boise State last night. Boise's really good. They're skilled. They don't have a ton of size. They went up against a Kentucky team that, frankly, was just too big, too athletic, too strong. And, and BYU's bigger than Boise. They're tougher than Boise. Uh, but again, they have some of the same shortcomings in, in their defensive. Uh, game plan, and, and they're certainly more geared to score points uh, than stop teams from scoring them. Jeff Goodman B, uh, joining ESPN College Basketball Insider here on BYU Sports Nation. Jeff, a lot of people across BYU Sports Nation are, are a little frustrated with the fact that the Cougars can't beat the top 25 team. What is it that they need to change in their approach to get the big win, especially on the road? Again, I, I think it's tough. I mean, listen, it's not talked about enough nationally, and it's a story that I actually want to do at some point soon, of how difficult Dave Rose's job is, okay? You know, bringing in a kid like Eric Mika, it's great. He's got him for the year, and then he loses him. You know, Collinsworth, he, he hasn't had for the last two years. He's got to re-implement him. These guys come back. Tyler Haas obviously came back. He didn't miss a beat, but not many guys can do that. And I think it's really hard. I mean, we talked about Kentucky and Kansas and how young they are. And, and them developing. Well, BYU, Dave's got some of the same issues with losing guys, bringing them back, not knowing the chemistry and not knowing what he's dealing with from year to year. So I think it's one of the more difficult jobs in America. And we don't, as national writers and just fans that maybe are outside of the area, we don't take that into account nearly enough when, when kind of evaluating where BYU is and where they could be. So should that go into how you evaluate BYU? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, this is a tough, tough job because of that. Now, again, he doesn't have to recruit all those kids who are going to take missions, but he'd be, he'd be sort of not to. Yes, yeah, so he you know, sort of needs talented to. talented kids. You're not turning down Eric Meeke. You're not turning down, you know, the Col- either Collinsworth. I mean, these are, these are players that are good enough that want to be there and, and love – the culture that is BYU. Uh, but, you know, I think a few years ago what Jimmer and, and, and Jackson did, unfortunately it probably raised expectations a little bit too hot and the excitement around the program and everything like that where if you're BYU, you know, you're, you're, you're probably a fringe top 25 team, a, a team that if you can get in the NCAA tournament maybe three out of every four, you're doing a heck of a job. And I think Dave's doing a heck of a job there. Jeff Goodman, ESPN College Basketball Insider, is on BYU Sports Nation. So BYU has one good non-conference game left, Oregon, and then after that it's uh, conference play. BYU's got a couple other games in there, but none that are kind of top 50 RPI games. What, uh, as of now, what kind of seed do you think BYU is? You said you're, you're in, they're in the tournament. What, what kind of seed do, do you think they'd be? I think they're probably somewhere around, anywhere from a 7 to a 10, somewhere around there. You know, somewhere probably even... You know, their RPIs, I mean, look, but it's got to be good with the schedule they've played for the most part with those three teams. So Yeah, top 15 so close, far. 
What is it? Top 15. I believe 12th. Yeah, I'd put him probably at a, at a seven seed right now. If I were, and I was kind of looking through the top 25. Uh, we do our power rankings every week, and I really go through it. I mean, I go through every team, who they've beaten, who they lost to, and I thought long and hard about putting BYU at 25th just because, again, they've played people. And, and to me, you reward teams that have played people, and if you look at the committee last year, that's exactly what they did. They said, hey, listen, if you're going to play a bunch of cupcakes and you're, on the, and you're on the fridge and you're on the bubble, we're not getting you in. But if you play people and you're on the bubble – you're going to be in, and I think that also uh, adheres, adheres itself with seeding as well. And I think BYU at the end of the day, and they're going to be good in, in WCC play. Let's, let's be honest. St. Mary's is down. They should be the clear-cut number two team unless something crazy happens. Jeff Goodman, ESPN College Basketball Insider, joining BYU Sports Nation. And, Jeff, I hate to use the term good loss. But in college basketball, that's certainly more prevalent than college football because there are more games. But do you feel like the way BYU has lost has given them national respect? Yeah, I mean, listen, I can only speak for me, and it's it's definitely uh, earned respect from my end with, you know, who they played, how they played them. Uh, I think they played all three teams in, in the three losses fairly tough, and Again, I just see them as getting better as we go along. And uh, once they play in league play, they're going to get their swagger, you know, really get it. And uh, not that Carlino needs anymore, but um, they're, they're going to get it back by playing <laughs> some of those teams. And, and not to say the league's terrible, because it's not. I mean, there's some pretty good teams. San Diego's better than they've ever been, uh, at least in the last five years or so. Santa Clara's getting better again. Uh, Rex Walters can coach at San Fran, although the loss of Cody Doolin's going to hurt. Uh, and we haven't talked about, you know, again, Gonzaga. They had a tough, you know, close one last night. But, um, you know, they're, they're more, to be honest, this Gonzaga team is, is, is more beatable than any team I've seen in recent years because they don't have a lot of front court depth. Uh, they don't have a proven wing score yet, although Gerard Coleman, the Providence transfer, could turn into that. Jeff, uh, last question for you. Have you seen the BYU uh, promotional videos where BYU lip syncs, and if so, what do you think of them? I have not. I have not. Ooh. Are they entertaining? Do I need to watch them? You should do that. There's right stuff away. like uh, like Eric Mika, Tyler Haas, and, and guys lip syncing to like 98 degrees. 98 degrees. How do you feel and about Chicago that? And <laughs> Jeff, I'm gonna tweet. Okay, somebody, at, I'm gonna tweet can at you. Send me a link. Yeah. You guys send me a link to that on Twitter. I'll or tweet at you right now. <laughs> at Jerem Jordan, I'll tweet you a link to this. You need to watch awesome. it. Awesome. It's your reward for joining BYU Sports Nation. entertainment today, so that'll help. Fantastic. (laughs) Jeff, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you again soon. You got it. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. What do you think of BYU and Utah possibly not playing future basketball games? That is our Twitter debate today. And we go to at Nate Gardner from Facebook. I don't really understand why Utah or BYU would not want to play basketball. There is plenty of -of out-of-conference games, and in general, most fans like this game. It appears that Utah is trying to distance itself from BYU. Can we rehash some of what Goodman said, Jeff Goodman? Absolutely. That was fantastic. So asking about what seed he put BYU right now. Seven seed. seven. He has them right at 25 because they went out and played teams. Because they play people. I'm telling you, playing a non This is a guy that's with ESPN. He has no BYU bias like us. He has no blue-flavored goggles or whatever, tinted goggles. Although Eric Mika probably does, right? Blue, f- blue-flavored goggles? Sure, yeah. You, spr- <laughs> you sprinkle some Kool-Aid on there. I'm sorry, Doesn't I couldn't could leave that one alone. A seven seed. I, 
that's that's big. And he he knows about you know Eric Mika and Maddie. He called him Maddie Carlino. BYU is playing Iowa State and Wichita State and UMass and Stanford and Oregon. There's respect. There's respect in doing that. And despite the fact that BYU's lost all three of those, they're still number 12 in the RPI, and he would put them as a 7. That surprised me a ton. I was was thinking more of a 10 or 12. But you know who they shouldn't sleep on? Now, don't sleep on Idaho State. Right. Who, BYU? Yeah. (laughs) They're not playing Idaho State. (laughs) Uh, one more from, uh, let's go to Twitter, at CRBright82. This is, uh, what do you think of BYU and Utah possibly not playing future basketball games? And Jeff, by the way, said they should play forever. BYU and Utah should play forever. Couldn't forever. This is from CRBright82. Utah can go its, do its own thing and become less and less relevant while doing it. He said it. Yeah. I, something else I liked from Goodman as I dip in and out of the Twitter. Among freshmen who wear goggles, there's no equal to Eric Mika. <laughs> the number one ranked freshman who wears goggle in the country. We actually got a tweet on that somewhere. I'm, we're gonna, oh, yeah. We're, at uh, Scott M. Uh, Goer, he said, maybe my favorite quote ever. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goodman getting it done on BYU Sports Nation. That yeah, was great stuff. Fantastic perspective. And just imagine if BYU had won one or two of those three games. BYU's yeah. ranked. Again, that's a national guy, and he said it a number of times. But he's he is not associated or affiliated with BYU in any way, and and that he votes in the power rankings at ESPN. He's got to see college basketball from the grand scope. He's got BYU right now. As he wanted to put him at number twenty five in his power rankings because they've played teams, and he said that they have gained national respect in losses. This is something I've gone back and forth with with a number of people and a number of my friends. Can you gain respect in a loss? Yes, in college basketball, you can. You can gain respect in a loss. It happens. It just happens. We'll have more uh, Twitter debate between uh, BYU and Utah and the likelihood or unlikelihood of them playing future games coming up on BYU Sports Nation as well as, hey, it's game day against Prairie View A&M. Get up! Pavamu! We'll play Know the Foe with the Panthers, plus head coach Byron Rim II tells us about his team and that murderous schedule he set up. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. BYU Radio live from Studio 2 in Provo, Utah. I'm Spencer Linton. Jaron Jordan sits to my right. How you doing, Jaron? I'm great. So glad to hear that. Saturday, big day, men's hoops at Utah. That'll be on at uh, 10 Eastern, Pac-12 Network. And the women play as well, undefeated. They'll take on the Utes at 4 Eastern on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Big day of hoops for BYU. BYU women trying to go 10-0. They got to 9-0 with a miracle 24-point comeback at Weber State last night. 14-0 run to end the game to keep the streak alive. Weber State didn't score the last 356. Nice work, ladies. Yeah. Jeff Judkins getting it done on the bench for BYU and Lexi Eaton, Jen Hampson. What a comeback! Exactly. I was teeing you up. Jeff Judkins will join BYU Sports Nation live on Friday. All right, what do you think? I'm thinking? here right now. We're going to ask him what, we, what he thinks about BYU and Utah not pl- uh, playing future basketball games. Yeah, former Ute player, former BYU assistant men's coach. There you go. But first, we bring in the game day 
foe tonight, their head coach, Byron Rim II of Prairie View A&M. Coach, you paid a visit to Provo a couple of years ago. What do you remember about the last time you played at the Marriott Center? Yeah, well, it wasn't as cold as it was now. So, <laughs> yeah, but, they, you know, they had some big-time athletes there. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those those games that, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind playing. Um, our guys, like, you know, we like going to different places that we're not used to. So, um, you know, but as I remember last time, it was it, it, it was a hard-fought game. And I know BYU did a really good job, uh, um, very very strategic in all their their sets, uh, very disciplined and uh, – and uh, big time players, and uh, you know we were fortunate enough to see uh, your main scorer sitting out the transfer from UCLA. So he was sitting out getting a lot of shots up before practice, and and I was like, I'm glad I don't have to play against him, but now, <laughs> now I got to play against him. So <laughs> now part of. Uh... Now, part of the experience uh, playing BYU will be style of play. BYU, one of the top teams in terms of tempo in the country. But what's your team style of play, Coach, and who are some of your main guys that we should watch out for? Oh, well, you know, um, we, we we got four guys that averaging in double figures. And this is the first time since I've been in this program that we had it like that. Uh, we got some really good basketball players. Uh, um, I'm smaller in stature uh, compared to a lot of schools that we're playing against, but uh, uh, very hard-fought guys, uh, uh, very gritty and grimy guys uh, from all over the country. Um, John Bristol is one of our leading scorers. He's doing a really good job for me. He's, he's, he's about 5'10", but he's probably our, our, our bulldog of, uh, on the team. Um, very gritty, uh, plays extremely hard, shoots the ball extremely well. And uh, Montreal Scott, who was out here when we played a few years ago, but as a freshman now, he's he's averaging about, I think, about 16 points a game as a junior and our leading scorer, uh, um, one of our senior captains. And shooting uh, 52% from three, Coach. That's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's taking great shots. And, um, you know, when he first came in, we recruited him as a point guard. And, you know, a lot of guys said he's he's more of a shooting guard coach. And, and, you know, because when I look at him, I was a shooter when I played in college. And I looked at his shot, I was like, oh, man, that's an ugly shot. You know, there's no form to it or whatever, whatnot. <laughs> and, and now I'm like, oh, man, just keep shooting that ugly shot and he won't miss. So, uh, you know, I got to – you know, I got to get off my, my little standards of when I was a player and, and look at him and just look at the production, and he's doing a really good job for us. And, uh, um, you know, we got our, our point guard, uh, Treshawn Haygood from Pensacola, Florida, who's doing a really good job distributing basketball, being a, a floor leader for our team. He's also one of our captains. Um, uh, we also got uh, um, Regis, uh, Regis Onwa Kamuche. So you guys are going to have a, a good time saying his name. His name is Regis. Uh, uh, from Houston, but by way of uh, Nigeria, Africa, um, he's coming along strong. Uh, uh, our, our starting big man has a has a turf toe, so he won't be playing that game. And he he stepped up the last couple games. At Who is that coach? And he's been yeah, Demondre Chapman. Yeah, Demondre Chapman has turf toe. I guess our guys are getting turf toes now, and and I thought that was a football thing, but our guys have it. We have two guys that have it. Um, one from Philly, he has turf toe, and one from Flint, Michigan, he has turf toe. So they both be out. Uh, never seen that before, but I guess that's part of the that's part the, of the game. That's stuff, the so. beauty of uh, uh, being a Division One coach, I'm sure, dealing with things you couldn't ever expect. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you go in and you think you're going to have the best team, and and one bad step, one way or the other, that could turn your whole season around. So uh, a lot of people out there don't realize how hard it is to coach. Uh, college basketball, just on the mental standpoint, because you gotta, 
you got to like almost grit your teeth every time. Uh, I remember my first game, we had a, a, a six eight transfer from Colorado State and broke his foot in warm-ups the day before our first game, and he was out for the whole season. I couldn't believe it. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look around the corner and I tell the guys, when practice over, get off the floor. If you want to get some shots up, get some shots up. But, you know, but it's, it's kind of hard to keep, keep guys out of the gym. Byron Rim the second, the head coach of Prairie View A and M, joining BYU Sports Nation. Coach, we've talked about your team and some of the stars. Montrell Scott is a guy that stands out for sure. What do you know about BYU? You've talked a little bit about Matt Carlino, the transfer from UCLA. Who are some of the other players uh, that your team will have a tough time matching up with? Well, there, 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 there's a lot of them, man. It, it's it, it's going to be one of those hard fall games where that you know you you got a lot of guys that are around six foot six, six foot seven, six foot eight. They kind of do the same thing, and uh, they step out. They're very skilled, and and you know when I was explaining to our assistant coaches, um, those are the guys that usually beats us. Um, when we go to you know last year we go play UCLA, and you know the guard Shabazz Muhammad. You know you know the guard Nick Anderson. Your guard knows well those guys well, and then those six, seven, six, eight guys that come off the bench that you don't really know about on your scouting report. It's eighteen points. And and those hurt you. And I was telling our coach that this team is full of guys like that. They might not get recruited or get playing time from from UCLA, but when they come here, they excel. So it's going to be hard to, to stop these guys because they do so many things well. They pass the ball very well. They screen. They talk. They defend very well. And, and they know, you know, that there's no egos out there when you're watching them play. Um, you know, BYU – Guys at BYU are getting the ball to the right people at the right time, and that's what Coach Rose does. And and, and those guys are knocking out shots, so it's kind of hard to like, you know. We know Carlino's going to do what he's going to do. You know, we kind of, you know, we kind of had to show a little film of uh, uh, Dragic a little bit from uh, uh, the Suns to show, okay, this kid can do stuff like this. He's not as athletic as Dragic, but. This is how he shoots the ball. So, you know, when we play zone and play man, we're going to extend the ball out a little bit. We have to guard him, and, and uh, we got to show and, and double on screen and rolls and, and so that he can get open shots. But, you know, a lot of times we do a really good job against the Carlinos, but it's the other guys that you don't really know about in the scouting report that we don't threaten our guys with that come in to get, you know, 16, 17 points and, and stuff like that. Well, Coach, uh, we appreciate the time. Stay warm, and we'll see you at the Merritt Center. All right. Thank you. Prairie View A&M and BYU tonight live on BYU TV, 7 p.m. tip Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Dave McCann and David Nixon on the call. I will be watching Sideline. And Jerem Jordan will be there, too, assuming he feels better. I'll sit next to you and feed you everything that you'll say on television. (laughs) That's how it works, right? That's what we do here. You feed me everything that I say. Jerem, what should I say next? Little known fact, yeah. Make me sound smart. (laughs) Please, help no, me. No. Help me. I will help you. Okay. Uh, you know what time it is, Jerem? Uh, 10.47 a.m. Mountain Time. That's a good answer. And you would do that. It's time for Know BYU the Foe. Sports Woo! Nation asks, do you know the foe? Yes. Prairie View A&M under the microscope. Question number one. No one breaks the Panthers down like BYU Sports Nation. True or false? Prairie View A&M is the oldest public institution of higher... Oh, you you cheater! Cheater? We both researched you, for this whatever. punk. Whatever! I'm coming over there! Fine. What are the colors? Oh, purple and gold. Nailed it. What is their mascot name? Pa- oh, the name of the panther? 
Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's go Frederick the Panther. Close. It's Panther the Panther. What? <laughs> uh, what? The? Come on. What conference do they compete in? The Southwest Athletic, Southwestern Athletic Conference. The SWAC. Otherwise known as the SWAC. The SWAC. SWAC Daddy. Wait, that's Swag Daddy. Yes. Nice tie-in, Jamal Williams. Their acceptance rate is higher or lower than 50%. Higher. Lower. 40%. Oh, wow. Tough to get in. True or false? Pavamu is the newest member of the SWAC. False. Correct. They're the oldest. Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're an old university. Okay. They are they are affiliated with another major Texas university. Can you name that Texas Dude, university? Dude, you are owning me on this today. I'm going to go with the Texas A&M Aggies. Oh, nice call, dude. Is that it? That's right. Good guess. Agriculture and manufacturing. Good guess. Okay. Does Prairie View A&M have a football team? <laughs> Doesn't every Texas school have a football team? Yes. Yes, they do. Okay. What was their record? I have no idea. Six and six. They're an FCS team. So they're bowl eligible in FCS standards? FCS don't go to bowl. I know. I'm, yeah. I know. Oh, okay. Okay, I was being done. Their bowl is a playoff. All right, can you name any other school in the SWAC? Grambling State. Very good. Alabama A&M. Oh, nice. Okay. Sam Houston also there. Jackson State also in the SWAC. Okay. Uh, which of these people isn't a notable alumnus of Prairie View A&M? Oh, boy. <laughs> Dave Webster, Frank Johnson, Craig Washington, <laughs> or Sidney McPhee? What? <laughs> Uh, all of the above. Frank Johnson Frank is not. Johnson. But Dave Webster, Craig Washington, and Sidney <laughs> McPhee are proud uh, alumni of Prairie View A&M. Oh, what's better? Prairie View A&M as Know the Foe, Breaking Down the School, or the Music? Yes. <laughs> Compelling and rich. What do you think about BYU and Utah possibly not playing future basketball games? We'll get to more of your tweets and Facebook responses after the break. Plus, the Cougar Whip Around gets you up to date with everything BYU sports. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill and the Cougars, 16 days away from Washington in the Fight Hunger Bowl. Yeah. You know what time it is, Jeremy? Don't say 10.53. Time to whip it. That's right. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's basketball. BYU stayed undefeated at 9-0 with a 24-point comeback win last night at Weber State. Six-foot-seven junior Jennifer Hampson. Make that senior. Had 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 blocks. It's kind of weird not calling her a junior because she's she's red shirt. She's going to be playing volleyball yeah. as a senior next year, too. But I, I get it. BYU ended the game on a 14-0 run in the last 356, including the game-winning three by Jojon Harry with 18 seconds left in the game. Women's volleyball. Friday, BYU will play in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. Second straight year. They'll be at USC, ranked 6 in the country. In Los Angeles from the Galen Center, watch it live on Watch ESPN. Tomorrow on the show, Jason Beck, quarterbacks coach for BYU, will join the program. And then Friday, Jeff Judkins, the women's basketball coach, as well as Sean Olmstead, the women's volleyball coach, live from the City of Angels. Keep the Sports Nation karma rolling. Absolutely. Join us on it, game day, you win. That was no coincidence. Uh-oh. Prairie View 
A&M's coach Byron Rim joined the program today. It doesn't work for this. Doesn't work oh, for the opponents. Okay. It's only for BYU. Now you clarify. Breathe easy, Jerem. Oh, hey, don't look over. <laughs> don't overlook uh, Prairie View and I don't sleep on Idaho State. And right? don't sleep on Idaho State. Look what Utah. Ha- look what happened to the Utes last night. They still won the game, but you're right. They, they were, were down 15, they were down 15 at home in the first half to the Bengals of Idaho. I State. was glued to that game last night. By the way. You have the Pac-12 network, don't you? I do. I do not. I have DirecTV. And you're you're not missing out on very much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of BYU and Utah possibly not playing future basketball games? Go to Facebook, at Adam Bradbury. Eh, it's an easy win, but doesn't help our strength of schedule any more than Weber State. At Austin Larson 03. It's fine. We always win. <laughs> I... I want to play Utah every stinking year. I listen to this. I loved tr- playing them twice. Listen to this Twitter handle. At True Blue, no you. I'm getting tired of Hill. Oh, who, who is this? Oh, Hill, as in Chris Hill. I'm getting tired of Chris Hill's pompous attitude. I love the rivalry. But if the Utes keep acting like this, no. We don't know what the reason is, but I don't care. I, I would like BYU and Utah to continue playing. At the GM11. It's not that big of a deal. Beating Utah in basketball doesn't mean as much to me these days. That's true, but it's it's of local interest. You need it. You don't want to kill off things with the U. It's they're they're brothers. When BYU and Utah went their separate ways, Pac-12 Independence, WCC. Steve Young was the first to say, "Look, they're brothers. They've always needed each other, and they still need each other." So it's not it's not awesome when they uh, don't schedule each other. Some strong emotion from at wife or life. BYU schedules up, Utah schedules down. Like, really down. Like, discuss sports writers and shames the game. In short, that's fine. It speaks to what Utah sits down for, what they think of themselves, and real fear of BYU. Yeah. Wow. Who, who knows? <laughs> At B. Cougs, it's ridiculous that the two teams don't play every year. Now, just a reminder, Dave Rose last night on the Coaches Show said that beyond uh, next year, which is part of the four-year deal BYU signed when they left the... Uh, the Mountain West, They'll play, uh, Utah will come to Provo, but then after that, talks have stalled, and uh, the these might be the last two games BYU gets this year and next year for who knows how long. Jeff Goodman of ESPN, College Basketball Insider, joined us. We asked him about it. He said they should play forever. Those two teams should play forever. Yes. Back to Facebook, Alan Barker, in response to this. That's ridiculous. The Utes get their Pac-12 money, but they have thrown out everything that used to be good for fans of college sports in the state of Utah. No wonder their fans hold up the double loser sign all the time. (laughs) (laughs) The price is wrong, Alan Barker. That's funny. Good comment. Really good comment. Let's hand out a rising shout before we finish here. I'm going to go women's hoops. Uh, Lexi Eaton had a tremendous night. Jennifer Hampson, as we mentioned, almost a triple-double, one block shy of that. They come back down 24. They get the rising shout today. Well-deserved. We Fantastic. Still, we have 30 more seconds. We've gotten some great, great social media traction today with this question. How about final poll results? Oh, yeah. So, Let's go there. So we quantified it. Are you okay with the possibility of not playing Utah basketball? Yes or no? Yes. One by 55%. Really? Or had 55%. Well, maybe that's because, like at Chess Sports says, when your SOS, strength of schedule, and RPI is sub-200 every season, it makes sense. Probably more comfortable playing SUU and... Idaho State. I don't sleep on Idaho State. But but the Salt Lake Tribune just reported that Utah's going to play Kansas next year. What the heck? So come on. Hey, thanks for our guest today. Good stuff. ESPN's Jeff Goodman, Prairie View A&M head coach Byron Rim II, and everyone on our, on our crew. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, Kyle Ireland, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Takes a village. 
Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links and a whole lot more. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at the newly launched BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.